it doesn't have to be running but it is medicine and sometimes the hardest part for me was lacing on my shoes and once I got going I felt like I wanted to go further and it's but it is just taking that first step to walk out the door and put on your sneakers and go for a walk or go for a run or jump on your bike or move your yoga mat outside and just go and lay and just stretch for a little while in the sun with your headphones in it's yeah it can do so much for you I think and um yeah it's been very important for me that was Emma Bone and this is the Running Deep podcast Welcome back to this week's episode of the Running Deep Podcast with me, your friendly host, Kent Mullins. Now, on this week's episode, I sit down with power mum, Emma Bone. Now, there is a bit of a trigger warning here. Um, Emma did lose uh, one of her children. Um, She has had quite a few premature babies and does quite a bit of fundraising for them. And yeah, I just want to give you guys the warning if you have been through something like that uh, or going through something like that. Um, yeah, th- this story is a, is a story of hope and a story of redemption. Uh, we sit down and you know talk about navigating those emotions, navigating everything that comes with losing a child um, and, and sort of how she used that pain uh, to run 15 laps at um, one of her backyard ultras and yeah it was it was a good conversation to to get another perspective on pain and grief and you know how to sort of use that as fuel for the fire but look I'm not going to go into any more please enjoy this episode with me and Emma Bone well cool like thanks for doing this this is um yeah no I'm I'm really I don't know I just well as you said you know when or when we were messaging you know like I get such an array of people on who yeah have a, you know who have a story to tell and yeah you know people think it's just a running podcast of runners and it's like no like no they just use running as a yeah. way to help themselves cool. yeah yeah for sure yeah um so look like there's a lot. Oh, by the way, we're recording too already. Yeah, that's so. okay. That's all right. Yeah, all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to go through with you. Um, so I think a good place to start is, you know, I think just diving into, you know, your like, your story. Like, well, you know, I want to go deep on this. I want to show my audience that you know, through tragedy, there is, you know a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere might yeah. not be for, you know, a couple of months, a couple of years, but there's, there's always a light. There's always something that you can, you know, grab onto and, and, and go for. So yeah. yeah, take it away. Your story, like as a father, um, you know, as a dad, what you shared with me was like, Oh, like mm. gut wrenching. So yeah. 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 Go for it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm a mum of three. Um, I'm from rural South Australia, so we're about six hours from a major town. Um, I've always been heavily into sport growing up, was a state sprinter and uh, played netball, and that was sort of our lifestyle as kids, so I've always sort of been into it. Um, but moved moved to a country town from um, from Adelaide and married my husband and we had um our first daughter Hazel um and shortly after we fell pregnant with our second daughter um Willow um she was born a little bit early so at 28 weeks um so I had quite a battle from the start I suppose you would say um with some health issues um so in that, that's pretty much what inspired me um, to start running. We had a lot of help while we were in hospital um, from a charity called Running for Premature Babies, um, who provide equipment for for hospitals all around Australia, pretty much. Um, so I started running while she was in hospital. 
um, just a couple of case, like nothing mm. major, really just for my mental health, just to get out of the hospital um, and to start raising some money for some equipment. Um, and, yeah, so our joint journey sort of went on with Willow and we bought her home and um, started life as sort of a family of three, um, well, four, Um and yeah, her health just started to quite quickly decline. She had lots, um, lots of health issues, um, which we sort of maintained at home and in hospital. Um, and I kept running and I, I sort of, uh, we started raising this money um, and was running a lot really just to try and get out of the house and just have a bit of a break from having a medically complex child, um, my life was looking after her. So for me to get out of the house to run for two hours every day was like a blessing. Mm. I was like, yeah, just going out for a coffee type thing for other people. Um, And then, yeah, unfortunately she didn't quite make it to her um, first birthday. She passed away the day before um, at home. Um, which obviously is every parent's worst nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I think that broke me um, and it broke our family, but uh, I think it also lit a bit of a spark for me and for my passion um, and it got me out of the house and it, it got me running. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where 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 I am now sort of that's where that began I guess yeah um so yeah I'm I'm so sorry like I could not possibly I don't want to imagine it I I just could not possibly imagine uh, what you and your family went through you know I had um uh, what's her name uh oh what my brain's it was a recent podcast Nicole Oh yeah. I had Nicole Jukes on and you know, we're good friends and yeah, you know, off camera and not like off the mic, you can see how much that experience really affected yeah. her and yeah. for you, you know, how how do you how how did you and your husband navigate such a like just such a fucking horrendous time? Yeah. Like, how, how do you get through something like that? I don't know. I think people ask me that all the time. If we had, we had Hazel at home as well. We had another child. So Mm. I didn't have a choice. Honestly, I either got out of bed and went and looked after my two-year-old or I stayed in bed and felt sorry for myself. And that, that was it. Like life either went on or it didn't. And for us, we had to, I think without Hazel, it could have been a very different story, but she was our reason that we got out of bed every day mm. and life couldn't just stop for us. We couldn't just, as much as we wanted it to and as much as it was, that was the end of my world, we had to keep moving for her because she was a two-year-old who had no idea what was going on and her sister just didn't come home one day. So I think if she wasn't in the picture, it probably would have been a very different story for us for sure, Yeah. And like, like coping wise, you know, what did it look like? Mm. Of course, you know, the day after it would have been horrendous, but you know, that that's a given, but I'm talking, you know, two weeks, two months after, like, what did that look like for your family? Yeah. And how did, how did you sort of like, what was the catalyst for you to, you know, sort of start like doing these ultras and start Mm. doing a lot more running? Yeah. I mean, people deal with grief in such different ways. My husband and I are very different. He uh, isn't a runner, isn't a sports, well, he Mm. plays footy, but that's kind of all he does. Um, So we just got back to life. I mean, the first, it is hell and it is still hell Mm. every day. It's it's, it's forever. Um, I think we've just learnt to carry the pain a little bit differently now the first couple of weeks you just we just went into auto drive i think we just dealt with it there's so much that follows something like that that people do mm. not 
sort of realise when a, a child passes away, it's funerals, it's coroners, it's police interviews, it's there's a whole it. So we just we just went through the motions. I think I think we just did what we had to do, um, really, and then I started back at netball a couple of weeks later I just tried to get back into my life I would sit in the car and my friends at, at netball training and my team would have to come out and get me from the car and just take me to netball training because I just needed to get moving that's for me what I had to do I couldn't sit at home and and do nothing because it wasn't going to change anything and um, the more I was active the better that was for me and it gave me an hour or so where I thought about it, but I didn't think about it quite as much. Um, So that was really important for us just to, we live in a really small community. So they, for us just to get back out into our community and have them wrap their arms around us was a huge part of our healing. So I think that's what those months looked like for us. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I would get home and then it would be a different story. I would cry myself to sleep most nights but just to have that that change up and get out of the house and get moving that was yeah that was really important for me personally and like you know for someone who is suffering or 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 in that much pain you know what's your take on the importance of movement and community Mm. oh it's huge it's the last thing you feel like doing um yeah like (laughs) Who thinks, oh, I've just lost my child, I'm going to go and head out for a run. And that was, I think that was one of my biggest hurdles to get over was what does this look like to other people who are driving past me and I'm waving at them while I'm out running and they've, I've, I'm thinking, they're thinking, oh, she's just lost her child and she's out running. But it's just so important. I sometimes I ran and the whole time I cried, I'd go out running for three hours and I cried the whole time, especially when we had a two-year-old daughter at home who was relying on us to be happy and um, play with her. Sometimes that was my only time where I got out and I could actually just let it all Mm. go out on a dirt road and it was just me and I screamed and, yeah, that yeah, it is very important. Like it seems... (sighs) I don't know, and it sounds a bit cliche, but the more I talk to people, the more it is that, you know, movement is medicine, you know, yeah. just just movement. You know, you, you're talking about netball with your yeah. friends and family. It's It doesn't have to be running. And as I said, this isn't a running podcast. This is yeah. just telling people's stories. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, you know, I've had a, a probably this week is the most for some reason this week, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, whether it be about sobriety or yeah. depression. Yeah. And they've told me that, you know, I'm back in the ocean surfing or I've, you know, started trail running or done a few trails here and there. And they said, oh, I feel better. It's like yeah. the main consensus is that just as much as you don't want to, just movement. Yeah. Movement is <laughs> movement is literal medicine. Like it, yeah. It yeah. helps as an endorphin rush. It gives you a bit of purpose. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I I don't want to get emotional here because it's just it hits close to home, especially with my kids. And, you know, when they get sick, yeah, I hate it. I hate yeah. it because it's, yeah. you know, Lily has asthma and I'm like, I've, I've well, my daughter sorry, has asthma. And I, I, yeah. I don't go into a frenzy, but I get into a bit <laughs> – a calm panic because yeah. I'm like, I need to make sure she's okay. I need to make sure. And, you know, to just lose a child like hmm. that. Did you guys yeah. know that that was going to happen or it no, was just. It was, it was pretty sudden. Um, she'd obviously had her health like issues and we'd spent quite a lot of time in hospital with her, but she'd had surgery a couple of months prior and she'd the happiest, she was the happiest and healthiest she'd ever been really. So um it yeah was a huge it was a huge Mm. shock like she was at home it's not like we were in hospital or anything like that so Mm. um but yeah you're definitely right I think excess it doesn't have to be running but it is medicine and sometimes the hardest part for me was lacing on my shoes and Mm. 
once I got going, I felt like I wanted to go further and it's, but it is just taking that first step to walk out the door and um, put on your sneakers and go for a walk or go for a run or jump on your bike or move your yoga mat outside and just go and lay and just stretch for a little while in the sun with your headphones in. It's yeah, it can do so much for you, I think. And um, yeah, it's been very important for me. And, And going back on that piece, you know, I feel like this sort, this whole ordeal, you know, sort of something grew inside you and I, this is where I want to sort of change gears here a bit to mm-hmm. get into more of the running side. You know, you've, you've completed a few ultras, um, you know, you've raised money, you've raised awareness for premature babies, you know, so how, like, how did you transition and what was that sort of catalyst for you to go, I'm going to do something big here. I'm mm. I'm going to do it for my daughter. I'm going to do yeah. it for me. How, where, like, where's the story? How does that all intertwine? Yeah. I think anyone who's into ultra running or anything like that will be able to completely understand what I'm saying or anyone that loves any sort of sport. Once you start, it's very hard to stop. As soon as you <laughs> run 21K, you're like, oh, could I run 30? And then once you've run 30, it's like, oh, that was pretty cruisy maybe I could go and do a full marathon and it really just started like that a lot of that running I was doing just at home out on the dirt road just increasing my mileage every time I went running um but I think the main training factor was I was training to run um the city to bay in Adelaide um which would have been my first half marathon in an actual race, I'd done it before at home. Um, we had brought a team together for running for premature babies um, called Willow Stars, trying to raise some funds for um, a ventilator for a hospital in Adelaide. So that's sort of what got me training and what got me going. I was going to be running alongside a lot of nurses and doctors um, that had looked after Willow just to try and get this sort of equipment. Oh. Um, but then obviously COVID hit. Um, and that was all sort of canned. Um, so it was, do I keep going or do I just let this be? That's it for me. Um, but no, I decided to, um, keep going. And, um, shortly after sort of got in touch with a couple of people who said, oh, well, Hey, why don't you try, um, a backyard ultra? And I was like, oh yeah, like <laughs> terrible like I sort of <laughs> looked at a couple of uh videos and things and I was like oh I'm not sure if this is for me um like how, how do you know when it's going to end and you obviously don't in a backyard or a front yard um and I went and I did one in Loxford in Adelaide um through ultra series and met a really cool bunch of people and um yeah that was sort of it for me I finished and swore I was never going to do anything like it again um, because I was in so much pain. But, yeah, from then I've just sort of kept going and kept entering events like that. And, um, yeah, I think that definitely lit my my spark getting into that that type of racing. It's a very cool mm. format, yeah. So let's talk about that um, the backyard because, mm. well, we've got Big's backyards, like the, the world's. Yeah coming up in two two weeks and I you know I had Sam Harvey on who was the assistant they're just a different breed of human being like yeah I think with the backyard ultra (laughs) and even talking to Nicole it's this you have to have a certain pace like it's not just like with a you know a point to point hundred miler or you know just you know, I did laps around the university track for 48 hours that you can take your time. Yeah. This is like, if you're slow, Mm. you've got to be fast at the end. Or if you're fast, you know, if you're fast at the start, you can have a bit of, you know, you can sort of walk bits and pieces. Like there's, there's an element of speed there, which I don't like. That's my (laughs) biggest thing. And after each lap, you know, I've never done one before. I do have a ticket to um, Dead Cow Gully. Yeah next year and yeah I, i'm a, i'm like a diesel engine I, I can go for ages but i can you know 
it's a slow burn. I don't yeah. have speed Yeah. when it's 19 hours in. That's just not me. So let's unwrap, you know, your experience. Like you did 11 laps. Yeah. Or... So my first one, I only, I shouldn't say only, I did eight. Um, And I thought that was the end of me. Um, How many, that's, well, what's eight times? Let's just go eight times seven. K's or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Um, so the furthest I'd ever ran, the furthest I'd ran before that was the 21. Um, so huge distance PB for me. Um, but physically was okay. Mentally, I clocked out. That was, I mm. could have kept going um, mentally. It's a very fine line in an ultra, in a backyard ultra, because it's your choice to get out of that chair at the end of every lap. And if you don't want to, you don't have to and I didn't want to at the end of that one um but instantly as soon as I saw the runners coming back you have that runner's regret you're like I could still be out there um so yeah and I've just slowly tried to sort of build from there I think my next one after that was in um birdies we went over to WA um and that was a huge shock to the system for me is freezing over there. Um, so I managed 11 laps there um, and then fell pregnant with our third daughter. Um, so um, Gracie, she was born six months ago. Um, and a few weeks ago I um, clocked up to 15. So I got 15 hours at no time to die. Um, in Adelaide, so. Well, what's fifteen's? That I think that's a hundred. A hundred, just over a hundred k. Yeah, yeah. How like how did you like for someone who's gone through so fucking much, mm. and you know just the progression from a half marathon, to, you know fifty odd k, then eleven laps, which is six or seventy odd k, and then just going bang one hundred. Like, talk us through the emotions because you like. There's a, there's a bit like what I can see with you, there's a resilience piece here. Mm. You, know, you could say that this whole experience for you has just been a pure test of resilience to just keep pushing when you don't want to. So for that, you know, 15 laps, talk us through, you know, those low spots, those times that you were like, fuck this, because I know what that feels like. Yeah. I mean, and that came very early on. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am, I'm someone who I have to work really hard for my running fitness and I have had to work really hard for it. It hasn't come easy for me. So I think going into it, knowing that it's going to hurt and knowing that it's going to be hard is really important. You don't enter something like that thinking that it's going to be easy and that it's, it's just going to be a walk in the park because it's not, it, it bloody hurts. And, Mm. um, but I've learned to love that. And I've done a lot of soul searching on my own, just out running and looking forward to getting to that point so that then I can just sit with it and just see how, how long I can sit in sort of that discomfort, which I think is a huge puzzle piece for those sorts of runs is being happy, just being in pain. Um, happy hurting happy hurting yeah absolutely because it, it is gone so there's no point in putting it off so as soon as you get there it's like righto let's just go with this and see how long we can push it for um but obviously only having I had my third c-section six months prior so I still had a lot of internal healing going on as well so um that 15 was huge for me. Um, I had a lot of gut gut issues at the end of that race. So to get there was um, quite a battle, but I think those runs are definitely physical. You have to be fit and you have to do the training, but they're also just as equally mental, I think as well. So um, I joined on with a good crew though. We were I was running around with a good bunch of people and just chatting and just sharing our stories. And um, I think that helps a lot as well in those sorts of formats of a race um, is they are so social. You get every hour yet to go back and be on the same starting line as everybody else. You're not, you're not left in the back. Um, so I think that helps mentally as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, they're a great, so yeah, like- it's a great format. 
Well, yeah, that's that seems to be yeah the the, the main theme with these races, especially like when you're doing a point to point, like everyone's in their own race. Everyone's yeah. you know running fast, or no one's running together. Everyone's just just going for it. Yeah, you know, with these ones, and I think that's what brings me back because I'm going to re-enter the 48 hour race again. Yeah, and and it's not so much you know about the distance traveled and I, I said this in one of my recaps you know it's the distance traveled within and it's yeah. the distance traveled with everybody else and yeah you know these these race formats where you're with people with community and you come back around it's the same people again yeah. come back around same people yeah. again and that's I think that's the beauty of it. and I think a lot of people love like that's why it's becoming so yeah. popular because yeah. you can joke around you know I guess the first couple of laps you can joke around yeah. And it sort of goes quiet, apparently, you know, yeah. towards yeah. the end. Witching hours. So what, <laughs> yeah. And, w- like, for you, what, like, roughly, what were the times that you were coming back? Yeah. Like, so, how, how many minutes per lap? Yeah, I was I was aiming to do 50s um, so I could have a 10-minute break. But I'm a bit of a social butterfly when I'm out there. Um and I get distracted. So most of the time I was coming in at about 45 just because I was tagging along with um, other crews. Um, but a lot of interval running, a lot of walk running out there. So doing that in the 45 minutes was at quite a comfortable walk-run ratio, very doable. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the coolest thing about those events is everyone does them so quick, uh, so differently. Um, you've got some people that, like to just roll through at the 58 59 minute mark and then just keep going um I really appreciate the break and putting my legs up and um eating I'm not very good at eating while I'm out running so um to be able to have that 10 minutes buffer between to be able to get some nutrition in um was huge for me and like just be able to talk to my family and just get a bit of boost of energy and um sort of have a chance to sit and go, holy fuck, like I've just done 70Ks and just get a chance to yeah, catch up in your own head. So, um, yeah, no, it is a really, really cool format. You should definitely go and give it a crack. I've seen some uh, videos and footage from Dead Cow Gully and it looks like it would be a cracker yeah. of an event to go to. Yeah, like I, I'm i just so, like I I got Tim uh, Timothy Walsh, who's the race director on, yeah, and since then we've we've just really hit off with a, a solid friendship. Like he lives out at Nanango, which is nearly four hours away from where I'm at. Yeah, but, you know I work in hospitality, and yeah, you know he he he'll drive all the way to where I work, and you know we'll sit down have a chat. He'll stay yeah. in the hotel, and you know we've got a really really nice relationship. And what he's created is really something special. Like. He's really created a com- again. It's a community. People yeah. want to be there because of him. You know, he's yeah. he's a lovely. He's just a lovely guy in general. Yeah. Um. And to, you know, to do the world record in Australia is like um, crazy. Oh my god. Yeah. Now the uh, another piece I want to talk about with you, especially being a mum, mm. especially with training. This is the part I want to get into. How, as a mum, how the fuck do you have time to train? <laughs> like, I I barely have, I just, you hear the whole thing, you've got 24 hours in a day, if you really want it, you can do it. I'm like, yeah. does everyone have the same 24 hours? Like, no. Mm, yeah, you no, know. yeah, yeah. Yes, we do all have this, if you're looking at it from a time perspective, yes, we've got 24 hours, but, yeah. you know, as a mum of three, how like how how are you doing that? Because you got three kids. Two for me is enough. Yeah. You've got three. <laughs> yeah. Uh I think there is a piece of that you have to want it. Mm. And um I am very lucky. I have a very supportive husband who allows me to go out and um have that time on my own. Um and I I do a lot of planning every Saturday. I sit down and I write out my week and how my exercise and my runs are going to um, fit in that week. And I now have a coach um, with Glenn Smetherman, um, so that takes a bit of 
the puzzle out of it. He sort of plans my runs for me and I just have to work out when each day I'm going to fit them into life. And sometimes that means jumping out of bed at five and going out and get getting getting a run in. Um, and sometimes that means at nighttime putting the kids to bed and um, and and going and getting it done. So it's not easy, but I love it. So that does make it a bit easier. I look forward to most of the time going for that run sometimes. Mm not easy when it's freezing cold in the morning but yeah you you just have to make it work I guess and like what what does a what does an like let's break it down like what does a normal week look like for you as a mum of three including everything as a mum does yeah I think it's just the same for as everyone else really it is a bit different for us we in the country we don't have childcare um so oh so they're with you yeah well not hazel we're a bit lucky she's five now so she's at kidney two days a week which makes it a bit easier um but gracie's with me 24 7 she is um seven months old now but is on oxygen um Mm. she was born at 23 weeks so she I'm her full-time carer pretty much so there's no one else other than my husband that can really look after her um, so yeah, I'm with her all the time pretty much and spend my days with her, but I'll often take her down to the gym with me to get a strength session in, or, um, uh, if I have to, I'll run on a treadmill while she's sleeping. Um, but yeah, then I've either done my run first thing in the morning before the day even starts, or I do it once the kids have gone to bed. So that's really how my, my training fits in and, all my longies are done on a weekend, on a Saturday or a Sunday, because um, that's when Harvey's home. Um, so yeah, I think just working around that is how I've done it. Uh, yeah, and that's right. That's what I want to get across to everyone that life fucking happens. Yeah. Now I've got a few friends that kick themselves because they missed a session and da 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 and oh blah blah blah. This this sucks. Training sucks. I don't have the time. Yeah. I'm like, well, like if. I can fit it in if mm. if you can fit it in. Yeah. You just make do. You make do with what you've got, you know. Yeah. And if you miss a session, there's plenty more runs yeah. that you can do, you know. Yeah. It, it's not the yeah. end of the world. And yeah, as you said, there is an element of you've got to want it. You've got yeah. to, you know, and that's what my coach says to me. Mm. Because he understands, especially with kids and yeah. I've I Kids bringing home stuff from kindy, like sickness. <laughs> yeah. So this month I've been sick twice. Yeah. I had COVID or some flu about three weeks ago. Got better. Everything was great. And then the kids gave me like some stomach bug. So I just haven't been able to train. There's always think, something. Yeah. Always something. It's just something. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah. fuck's sake. I just yeah. want to run. Just when you're so feeling... Then- yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it got passed around the family and all I wanted to do was run, but I realized, you know, my body needed to my body needs a fucking break. You yeah. know, I'm on roughly per you know, per day at work, I'm doing fifteen thousand steps plus yeah. my training, plus when I get home I've got to deal with the that's the wrong word to use. I don't deal with the kids. Yeah, I no, interact I with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I interact with my children. They're, you know, I get home at 6, 6.30, 7-ish. They're excited yeah. to see me. So that's yeah. extra energy I have to put out. And I think when I look back in hindsight, I go, well, I'm doing a lot. Yeah. I'm tired and yeah. immune system's low. So, yeah. of course, I'm going to get sick. So, you know, yeah. and I think it's a bit of reflection as well that yeah, I don't have to do everything all at once, all the time. Yeah. I can yeah. chill. Yeah. Now, as a as a running mum, mm. there's been a, I guess it's a trend, mm. and all my audience know social media for me is a double edged sword. Yeah. Now you know for you, what's your message to the mums out there? Because I, I guess there's this idea that you're not a runner if you don't have the body of a runner 
you know, but you don't have to be, you know, 50 kilos thin as anything and run, you know, two minute 52 Ks, you know, that you don't have to do that. So what's your message to the mums out there? It doesn't have to be to do with running. Yeah. But just, just to get out there and run, what's your message to them to go, Hey, like you don't have to be as thin as anything to do this. Attention podcast listeners, here's an exclusive offer for you. Use the code RUNFORYOURLIFE during checkout for free postage on your order. Now, I am introducing Lucy Locke's Golden Milk, the secret weapon of Olympic marathon runners, ice climbers, and triathletes. Whether you're looking for joint support, injury prevention, or that competitive edge, Lucy Lockett's Golden Milk has you covered. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kent. What is going on? You're just doing another ad, but no, I'm, I'm being dead set serious. This stuff really does work. I've been using it for the past two weeks now, and all I can say is, you know, my inflammation in my Achilles has disappeared, and I'm just feeling overall really, really good. Now, this luxurious organic turmeric paste is designed to mix seamlessly with your favorite nut milk or smoothie, making it easy to enjoy at home. Now, this is inspired by an ancient Ayurvedic recipe. Each ingredient is handpicked for its superfood qualities, working together for maximum health benefits. Now, the star ingredients, which are organic turmeric and ginger, come straight from an organic family farm in the stunning Glasshouse Mountains on the Sunshine Coast. And every 200-gram jar is infused with the richness of three plump organic vanilla beans. Now, these guys take sustainability and ethical production seriously. All their ingredients are sourced from organic suppliers that they share the same values. So give your body the care it deserves with Lucy Locke's Golden Milk and elevate your health and performance today. Now, back to the show. I don't know. I think think that's the biggest mistake when I first started was... I was exercising for the wrong, not the wrong reasons, but I was so focused on the calories and um, looking on Strava as to how fast I was going and I was comparing myself to so many other people. I think you just have to follow your own journey and just do it for the right reasons, do it for your mental health and not for what your body looks like. Yeah, that's a great added bonus that you start to get healthier and you feel stronger. But for me, it's now I just want to be the best mum I can be. And if that's by being fitter and being healthier and looking after my mental and my physical health, I think that has to be first and foremost what's most important when we exercise. Um, But I think a few years ago, I think we're very lucky now in regards, a bit luckier now in regards to social media because a few years ago I feel like there wasn't much positive body image sort of, like there's so many now um, influences on um, Instagram, like running mums, um, just showing up and showing that it's okay not to look a certain way, which I don't think we had a few years ago. I think it's changed a lot and... Um, I think that's really important as well is to not compare ourselves to the people who may not be the best influence for our mental health and for our fitness, but to um, find the people that do put out a good um, a good perspective and uh, give a good voice to mums um, and stuff like that. So, but even like ju- like just to pause this for a second, just like watching you now with your child like it just goes to show who you are as a person like you know you you're talking to me you've got your child in your arms and you're you're still able to you know articulate thoughts Mm. and and get it out clearly like that just goes to show like you're you're a power mom like you're a fucking power mom and it's amazing I, i i love i love this like and going back on what you said, I think we, yeah, a lot of people need to start 
bringing in the good stuff, looking at the good stuff, not just, you know, the, the lady that got, you know, she had a triplets or something and got back into the gym straight away and look how skinny I am. I'm better than you. It's like, no, who gives, who gives no. but are you enjoying... happy? And are you enjoying your kids? I think I've had to really learn that children and exercise and being a mum aren't separate for me anymore. I think when I first started, they were separate things. I was exercising and I was a mum. Now they're joined together. I'm a mum who loves to exercise and who loves to be fit and I think that's really important. It's it's something that is joint together. You don't have to be one or the other. I think you can be both and it's okay to be both and it's okay to do it, be both and be do it however you want to do it as a mum, as someone who exercises. I think that's really important. And I th- Another one is, you know, I think everyone should just stop fucking putting pressure on yourself. Like yeah. at the end of the day, we run because we love it. We run for our mental health. Are we going to be at the Olympics one day? Most probably not. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. So it's being the best version of yourself. Are, are you going to run a sub 230 marathon? Uh, yeah, you, potentially, but that's going to be your life. And is that something you want to give up? Not, no. not really. You know, yeah. if, if you want it and you're a mum, go get it. Get, get after it. Yeah. yeah. But I think, especially for me, you know, we got to stop putting the pressure on ourselves to be at a, you know, be at a level that we think we should be at. Yeah. But realize we don't have to be at that level if we don't want to. Like it's, no. yeah. It's a and choice. And enjoy the journey. It's a choice. Yeah. yeah. And if you stop enjoying it, then you know you're doing something wrong. But I think. It's also important to know that you're not always going to enjoy it. I don't always enjoy going out and doing the runs that I do, but I enjoy the idea of what comes at the end of it, and I think that's what most important. I enjoy the feeling I get when I walk through the door to my family and I'm happier than I was when I left. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important to know that it might not feel easy to start off with, but yeah, you often feel better once you've actually gone. Um and done it now like we'll, we'll sort of land this slowly um the resilience piece we were talking about prior how do you think that sort of affected well not affected but how, how do you what impact has that had on your running in, mm. in general and how you show up to your husband and your family as a whole yeah i think we have had first-hand experience of life is really short and you just never know what's going to happen. So I think to have that resilience and make that choice, every day I wake up and it's for Willow and when I run I I think of her um, and what she went through and I think that's been a huge factor in my my resilience. So, oh, you're gonna be shilly. You wanna shit up? You wanna shit up? Um. So, yeah, I think life has taught me a lot of lessons, and I think that's been a huge factor in how resilient I am now. Really, yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm look. I I know. Pardon. Typical mum life. <laughs> yeah, no, and again, I don't want to keep you, you know, too much longer. If oh, good. You know. um, sort of how I land these and how I sort of want to give a message to everyone. The first thing I always ask is, you know, what's one thing that you want the world or my audience to know about you? Oh God, that's a hard one. Um, I think not just about me, but I think this goes for any grieving people that you can be happy and grieving at the same time. And just because I'm out running and I'm out doing things for myself doesn't mean that I'm not grieving anymore. I think that's really important. 
Um, yeah, I think that's really important is that you can live both lives simultaneously and um, that's okay. I don't think you have to be one or the other. And, um, yeah, I think, and it's just take takes a lot of hard work. I think people can sometimes look at, look at mums and say that, you, what you're doing is a bit selfish and spend more time with your kids or um, like, you know what I mean? You might get the same mm. as a dad. You get that mum or dad guilt of, oh, I've left my kids at home with hubby or wife and I should be there or um, I think that's crap and I think mum and dad guilt is something that should be non-existent. We should be allowed to go out and go running or do what we want to do um, as long as you've got that supportive partner that allows you to do it, then go do it and go do something for you. I think it's really important. I love that. And I just we've got a special guest, everybody. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. No. Oh. Yeah, do I sure. want another one? No. no. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Two's enough. Yeah. No, there. Oh. Yeah. And the second one is... You know, what's your message to anyone, everyone mm. that is going through hell right now? Mm. It does get easier. It, well, in a, in a way, it gets easier, and I, you, you just learn. I think I've had to learn that grief isn't linear. It's not just an uphill. It's something that goes up and down, and. I've had to sit comfortably with the fact that it's going to be forever, but just know that it does get easier and you just learn to carry it differently. Um, and if it gets too heavy, let someone else carry it for you and help you carry it and do something, try and do something positive for yourself and take the step out the front door or go for a couple with a friend Um listen to a podcast, just do something positive and I think you'll find that you will feel better for it. I think, yeah, it's really hard because it is hell. Stuff like what we've been through is hell and there's no telling anybody that it isn't and that it's going to stop because it doesn't stop. Something like this is um, forever and it's something that we'll sit with forever. But, yeah, knowing that it does, it does change I think is really important. You put that really, really well. Good. <laughs> no, like, thank you for sharing your story. Like, really, thank you for sharing your story. Um, You know, I love getting people like yourself on who are in it. You've got children. You've been there. You've done it. You've been to hell. Fucking, you've been to the realest, rawest version of hell that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And just your whole story is a testament to who you are. You know, it. I, I hope and I know that some of my audience are, are really going to get some stuff, get some wisdom out of this because, it's you know, you'll get the people that they've read a couple books and they'll, they'll talk about it, but it, it's better received from the person and the, you know, the source itself, someone who's been there and done it. Yeah. So, look, I, I can see that. You know, you're a bit busy now. Um, but yeah. again, thank you for coming. Really, thank you for coming on. Thank you for <laughs> getting it out me. there. And yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. And you know, I or one more question: What's next? What's 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 next? What are you going to oh. do next? What's the big yeah. one? Uh, I've got a few backyards entered over the next couple of months. I'll do hysterical carnage again in November. Um. I'll head over to Birdies, Birdies next year again, but I think something different for me is uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go for it, and I've entered a hundred miler, um, Irrational South, which is through the Flinders Ranges, 
So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I hope I can do it. But um, hope you I, think, can, like, I, mean, I know I can do it. <laughs> no, but um, you can. And Yeah, yeah. I think knowing that it's going to be a bit sucky, but uh, I think there's going to be some really bloody beautiful parts of it as well. So, um, yeah, that's my plans for now and um, just see what, what I can do and how far I can go and be a mum at the same time and bring them along for the ride with me and show them that you can do both. I think that's also so important is as a mum or a dad is let your kids see that you're allowed to do your own thing and how important it is for your mental health and you can do both. Why can't we do both? So, yeah, I think that's that's what that's where life's going to lead us, hopefully. Hey, well, the hell, the hell you've been through, and the hell a hundred mile hell hell's the wrong word for a hundred miler. The challenge, the challenge, yeah, comparable. You know, yeah. you've you've got the resilience piece there. You've yeah. you know how to stay consistent. You know how hard it's going to be. You've yeah. done hard. You're a hard woman. Yeah, you're definitely going to do this. You've yeah. got to want it. Awesome. Yeah. Now, yeah. So that'll be that's next. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for doing this, and I really, really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy mum, so I'll let you go. Thank you so much. No worries. Cheers. See ya. If you've made it this far, thank you so much for doing so. If you have the chance, please leave a five-star rating on Spotify. All of these ratings count to get the podcast out there and hopefully save some lives. Thank you so much for joining me on this week and I hope to see you again very soon.